G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast and soon becoming its most popular. So thank you so much if you have jumped on and given us a review and five stars. If you haven't, please do so. We'd love to get out there more and the more reviews and the more ratings is uh, great for us. And as always, in the studio, I am joined by our friends the and... Boys. Well, I was going to say and yours, but you have no idea who they are because they're both called Tom and they're both useless. Hello, boys. G'day. Hello, mate. How are you? We oh, Well, I'm well. Tommy? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, good. Great. Well, hey, what a bloody race. It wasn't the greatest race of the year, but, oh, jeez, it was bloody good. Yes, it was. You're wrong. It is the greatest race of the year because Daniel Ricciardo came fourth. Best you. best in a long time for, not only for Renault, but for Danny Rick to be so close to the podium. I mean, he wasn't close, really. He was many, many seconds away from Valtteri when he ended up crossing the line. But bloody hell, Renault managed to get away with it, but we will get there. Um, as always, we're going to go through some questions ahead of time, and we're going to talk about the race uh, team by team. But, boy, I want you to take me through your, your top moment in the race. Campy, your top moment for the Monza, which is the best track, I think, in the F1 calendar. That straight is just fantastic. Oh, it Italian Grand Prix. It was, it's a great track. It's not my favourite track, but it's just great. Always produces good racing, high speed. Obviously, that Ferrari is set up. It's made for that track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Uh, moment of the race for me was probably the Leclerc-Hamilton where Leclerc ran him out of road and pushed him wide. Um, pretty stoked to not see a penalty for it. Mm. It should have been a penalty. Which the teams, have, the teams have spoken to the stewards since the start of the year. It's been an ongoing conversation about not being so strict on the rules. Give it a bit more leniency so we can see good see, uh, still see some good racing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you were a stickler for the rules, Leclerc deserved a penalty for that because he really did run Hamilton out of the road. But there wasn't much in it either. So I like to see that they didn't didn't penalise him. But, geez, Hamilton's... I say this every week. He's, he's a star behind a wheel. I don't like him. And I've said that before, but yep. Jesus. Yeah, I don't good. believe you. This podcast doesn't <laughs> like Lewis Hamilton, in case you hadn't noticed. No, but he's but you're right. he's a genuine star and deserves every every stat that he's got. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. And you can see that when he's chasing down later. In fact, you, you notice it more when he's in second than you do when he's in first. Oh, absolutely. Just how he performs behind other cars. And in this instance, especially, in this race, I should say, especially, when you see Valtteri coming up behind another car and struggling, because the Mercedes is not designed to be behind cars, is it? But that's the difference between the two of them. Correct. That's my point. Lewis can consistently drive that half a second behind a car with no front aero doing the speeds he's doing, whereas Bottas gets in the same situation. With better tyres. And just he just doesn't cut it. But that was the moment of the race for me. So, Tommy, uh, probably the qualifying mishap was pretty hilarious. I mean, mostly because <laughs> I was going to say you got mine, man. That's, <laughs> yeah. Let's that just share funny. this together. But yes, yes, go for it. I mean, very happy that the Renault ended up with fourth and fifth on the grid, which is fourth and fifth, yep. fifth and sixth, whatever it was. Yeah, awesome. Um, the fact that that happened, so that was kind of the the thing that I was worried about most. But to see them all trying to outsnag each other and not want to go first and give another one a slipstream was hilarious. And they got to the end and none of them got to do a, a final qualifying lap. Absolutely ridiculous. What I loved was the fact that Hulk obviously went out first and went, oh, no, I've, I've locked up. I better go through this escape road. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got reprimanded for that. Yeah, of course, <laughs> as he bloody should have done. Because I was like, cheeky. mate, you, come on. And then was it 
Stroll or Perez in the racing point who was coming behind it. It was like, Stroll because Perez that's had right. an engine Stroll diet. was like, well, I'm not going. Well, <laughs> so I'm not going first. The whole lap was buggered. Because of Hulkenberg and Stroll going, no, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go. And that's it. It was all it was. And then everyone else kept buying, like packing up behind them. And then you've got people like Carlos Sainz is like, I actually don't care. Get out of the way and trying to get past. But the the track was being held up by random drivers well, trying it, to get like the Ferrari, it, like the Ferrari was trying to get in front in of the Vettel. Front. Yeah. yeah. But what a mess. And I they, loved it. It, it was, was awesome. so good to watch. It made me laugh so much. Because you're watching there and you're like, they're halfway around a lap. It's going to take a fast lap. It's going to take a minute 30. They're, They've got 30 seconds left. They're on the wrong side of the track. They're not going to make it. Yeah, And, and then you see them all figure it out and go, oh, crap. And as Brundle was saying, they're like, you know, from this point in the track coming up to Parabolica, it takes 32 seconds when you're flat out. And it was like 33 <laughs> seconds and they're all like <laughs> jostling for position. But did you see at the end, Danny Rick was at the very back of the pack. And he's like, I just don't, like, obviously I'm not going to make it. And Lewis Hamilton's scrapping and so is Hulk. Yeah. It was just brilliant. It was really, really good. Yeah, and Danny Rick came out afterwards and said, oh, well, man, man, Leclerc aren't complaining. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can I just say my other favourite part, it wasn't necessarily the race, but it was the entire weekend, was our next favourite driver when he ends up in Formula One, Alex Peroni, walking away from absolutely the one of the biggest crashes I've ever seen in <laughs> F3 or in any motorsport at all. When you think of what happened to Antoine last weekend, and that was a disaster and very, very, very sad indeed yep. to this. He's a Tasmanian, by the way. If you didn't know that, Alex Peroni, the, the, the orange car that you saw crash on your TV screen in the news report, the guy's from Tassie, right? So he's he's our next Danny Rick. He's also a McLaren junior driver. Which is, you know, so he's up and coming, which is fantastic. The the guy just went airborne. He flipped did it twice. Flips, and then he ends up in a fence. He hits a sign. <laughs> Nearly hits a marshals. And then and the, the angle, if you haven't seen this crash, the angle of it looking down the, down the actual bit of road that he's coming towards you from, you can see the marshals underneath ducking for cover, just not expecting the fact that he's coming along. Yep. But my favourite part is the fact that he walks out of it and get hops in the medical car and Insane. that was all good. It's like, how can you... And it's just so interesting. You look from last weekend to this weekend and what happened in Campy, I think your point about, you know, these cars are designed to take one impact. Yep. I mean, the fact that he was you know, pretending to be in a fighter jet for a moment there where I took off. <laughs> he but got also, so high up. But it also shows you the aerodynamics of this car. Oh, the fact yeah. that he was travelling in speed, he hit that bump and went up, it took off because aerodynamics are working. So the car achieved lift. Yeah. It well, was that, just phenomenal. Those sausage well, that, curbs are pretty crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. they removed it straight away, didn't yeah. they? It was a plastic bolt down apparently. It wasn't a full concrete one. Well, and, I mean, you look at even um, Leclerc when he went over that one in, in one took one of the yellow bits off of it. Yep. Yeah. So it's not like they were properly, you know, made to be staying on the road when yep. you went over the top of it. In really interesting. And yes, of course, the bloody should have taken it straight out. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that because I think everyone was talking about Alex Peroni uh, and it's and another Australian driver for us to be to be watching, but certainly as a McLaren junior driver, but <laughs> just for surviving that and we're just walking away, let alone surviving. Incredible, incredible yeah, stuff. It, it reminded me of the Weber crash. At, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe it's, it's an Australian thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we come from the land down under. Oh, come upside down. Oh, good. Well, Weber did that twice at Le Mans too. <laughs> right. 
didn't he? Oh, he did, that's right. Jeez, these Mercedes. But <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, some rumours and news from the paddock before we get into the race itself. Tommy, you've got some news about Haas and um, Insert Energy Company. <laughs> Whatever they're here. called now. Yeah. That's all alleged too. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, Campy's, no, there was a press Campy's release. Alleged drink company is <laughs> a, a brand I'm going to start next. A press release saying they've parted ways. It's all everyone's wishing each other very well. It's very uh, PR safe, and but I'm hoping we just get a new Haas livery out of this. Yeah, well, let's talk about the livery. So what that's happened? What, we want. what happened really? It's allegedly, just, it's the same stuff that's been going on yeah. and on. Like they can't agree. The rich energy guys have said some dumb things or one or two members of the rich energy team have said well, some William dumb things. Well, William Storey's been ousted by some minority shareholders, so yep. he would say, yep. allegedly. Allegedly. So he got that right. <laughs> Camby's learning to say allegedly so we don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing a very good very job, good aren't you, Camby? Camby? After every comment today, I'm going to get allegedly. I'm going to have an allegedly <laughs> button made for yes. you. Um, yes. So they're parting ways, but... We're really excited because we'd like to see some interesting Haas liveries. I want a red, white, and blue one. I want an overtly American as much as and as big as possible ahead of yeah. the, the US Grand Prix. Oh, I want the Confederate flag somewhere on the side. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I think I want a big Texas head tattooed and on the car as well. Oh, not, yeah. not just paint, like not just a livery, but actually tattooed into the physical metal. Yeah, let's of get the car. some steer horns on the front. Let's do it. <laughs> Jeez, America's a great Big country. Big mud flaps, yeah. Just as I'm looking at your Ute Campy with the massive bullhorns on it and the massive, you know, aerial and the I massive. Think there is a flag on top of that roof. And the RM Williams, everything. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's. Hopefully, we see that livery soon. Like, they might have some trouble getting Do it have, done. To be honest, I actually really love this livery, even if they just remove the, hut, yeah. the, the uh, rich energy part, which. Kind of does the colours came from the there. colour, yeah. doesn't it? But yep. it's just old school Lotus, and we loved it when it got revealed to begin with. We were like, "Oh yes, this is very Lotus vibes." Love it. But uh, red, white, and blue for me. Confederate flag for Campy. Tommy, what are you hoping to see? Ooh, I, mean, I think the same. Let's go very American. <laughs> yeah, like, I love it. Stunt driver, kind of very yeah, like evil like and evil. Ken, let's do some Ken Block style design. Ooh, yeah, maybe Ken Block should replace Grosjean <laughs> and just Hoonigan on everything. Yeah, love it. <laughs> let's do that. Stone. Let's oh, get please. let's get Danny Rick's helmet designer to do oh, the livery for Haas. That would yes. be awesome. Yes, I like it. Danny Rick's helmet's just so good. Each time I see it, I'm like, yeah. That's, yeah. You know what? We were talking last week about Danny Rick going, oh, maybe he made a bad decision. This time around, I'm like, I'm so stoked for you, man. So good. So good. Now, there's no other rumours in terms of uh, drivers moving anywhere, isn't no, there? No, we've but got some interesting stuff with Rosberg being a bit of an idiot. Um, former drivers. Allegedly. Um, so <laughs> he came in and said some dumb things about Max, in can our we, opinion. Can we all just be honest for a moment here? I was Nico Rosberg is a terrible communicator and an yep. excellent F1 driver, and he should not do a podcast and he should not be appearing on Sky F1. I'll say this now because he is useless at commentary. Correct. Zero Thank you. personality, oh. the worst media performer of all time Horrible. for me. All time. But in saying that, oh. when he was driving, I was that year he beat Hamilton, I was – I was his number one fan. As I said, great driver. <laughs> yeah. Horrible media performer. But yeah, so he, he has a YouTube channel, which is terrible because he's bad at communicating. <laughs> he was on there talking about Max. He said some words like narcissistic. He was talking about maybe this is the young, immature Max we're getting back. So Max came out and basically told him to shut up and uh, said he was <laughs> the new, new Villeneuve. Uh, he's going to come out and say controversial things just for the sake of it, which I thought was pretty brilliant. I mean, he's not wrong, is he? No. Well, he needs to build his brand. But it's interesting Nico would say that because 
when he was winning his world championship, his whole attack was, I can't beat Lewis in the car, so I'm going to beat him out of the car. Yeah. I'm going to start rumours. I'm going to make him uncomfortable in the team room. I'm going to get him second-guessing himself, thinking twice, which is a great tactic, and I think Bottas should. Sure Schumacher, isn't it? Of his. Bottas yeah. should totally yep. do it, and good on him for doing it, but come on, mate. Yeah. Who do you think you are now? You're not a driver. You've got an F1 channel. You're just one of the plebs like yeah. us. So, so let's, let's talk don't about... Don't put yourself at the top. Let's talk about Germans then. I just want to talk about another Nico, one that we actually like, Hockenberg in the car yeah. rather than Rosberg out of the car. And I just want to... Sorry, just to finish on that point, Hamilton also laughed and he said did. that... that, Hol- that uh, sorry, that <laughs> Rosberg's comments were irrelevant because all ex-racing drivers' comments are irrelevant. Good. And he's not wrong. Love it. Um, like Karun Chandok, just as a side note. <laughs> uh, he's the second one. <laughs> he gets sideswiped. Oh, anyway. Just bring uh, Ted back on a full time basis as much as we used to see him. We right? love Ted, don't we? Love Ted. Ted. His podcast. Star. What an absolute star. I'd love to have him on the podcast one day. Anyway, but let's talk about uh, Nico. Uh, look, he's obviously not staying around in Renault. We spoke about that last week. We think Haas is where he's going. I'd be sad if I was him looking at the performance of that bloody thing at the moment. But anyway, we stop. We want him to stay in Formula One. I think he, he deserves to still be in there. So obviously he's missed his chance like Perez at, at a top team that's actually going to make some decent points. But what a drive from him this weekend. My point is he's put his CV out there, hasn't he, yeah. and performing fifth. Yep. He's, I don't think he was that good. He defended Albon quite well, and Albon yeah. was in a faster car. Yeah, but let, let's look at the facts. Qualifying, out-qualified by Danny Rick by three and a half tenths or whatever it was. Yep. So that's a bad weekend for qualifying. He overtook Danny Rick on the first lap and then Danny Rick got in front of him and sheer pace, I know Danny Rick pitted under a virtual safety car, yep. which allowed the gap to grow a bit more than what it was, but Danny Rick's race pace, he's been he's been spanked by him this year. It was And, and, and just because he got a good result, You've got to compare him to his teammate because that's the only rational comparison that you can make. That's and true. Unfortunately for Hulkenberg, this is the first year that he's come up against a top-class A-tier driver. Yep. Everyone else he's ever raced has been on the arse end of their career. He looked like an absolute superstar against Jolly and Palmer. Totally, totally. <laughs> so I would have, to be but honest. But he's been found and I out. I suck at driving. But he's been found out this year, and that's ultimately why Renault made the decision that they made. Moving yeah. forward, you'd rather have two top-line drivers than a good B team. And where this team wants to go and where they think they're going to be in the next three to four years, Hulk just doesn't match it. Well, so. and I think that's why they've gone knock-on. A very, absolutely. A very absolutely. Good Plus having the French flag on the side of the car as well Kinda as helps. being the French cup. It absolutely helps. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've talked about a favorite moment of the race. Let's talk about your driver of the race. Tommy. Daniel Ricciardo. Campy. Danny Rick for me. Yep. And Daniel Ricciardo for me. Well, Excellent. Well, we're back on that page then. I was there for one supporting the Australian because that hasn't been the case for the last couple. Yeah. What oh, a star. What an absolute star. Uh, we we honestly, if you're listening and you've been listening since the beginning, you know that we have a huge Daniel Ricciardo bias. We don't care about that at all. If you don't like it, bugger off. Honestly, not interested in you listening to this anymore because he is the best driver on the grid so far. Apart from Max and Lewis and... Anyway, it doesn't matter. So nah, he's just, better than all of them. So the fact that he has scored not only his best position this year, but Renault's best position in it must be close to a decade. It's well yeah. overdue. I think I really think Renault would have had a good result at Spa 
if they didn't have the first lap incidents that they did. It's well overdue. But again, they've ticked another box. They've qualified. They've done really well in qualifying this year. They even qualified in the top four. Or did they qualify in the top three at one race? Who? Renault. No, anyway, they've qualified well. They've got some good race results. And they're just ticking all those boxes that you want to see, the one or two key performances for the year yeah. to move on. And I think it's good for Danny. Trending upwards, which is what you want to see, improvement, especially with Danny there next but it's, year. It's and also reliability that, is the issue, not yeah. anything else. In saying that, Danny Rick got a question about how good Red Bull do you regret decision. Danny Rick came out and said, the car's no better than it was last year. Yep. At the same point, I'd won two races, Max has won two races. The car's going to be competitive at certain tracks. Have they improved? Danny Rick said not really. It was a bit of a slap in the face to Red Bull saying, hey. But he's not wrong, is he? He's not wrong. So he's still backing the decisions he's made. And if he keeps performing, he's performed really well all season. But he's been unlucky at times because of incidents during the race, um, car issues. Reliability is a big one. Reliability. So this this result for them is really well overdue. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we we all felt when Max was performing and winning races like, oh man, imagine what Danny Rick would have done in that car. But you're absolutely right. I think the romance of it comes back and you actually forget about the facts of what he was up against and the culture that he was in. In Renault, he's driving the, you know, pardon the pun, but driving that culture to a better place. With Ocon, I think he's going to do better than with Hulkenberg in terms of getting more experience in the car and getting, you know, he's, he's brought Red Bull ideas. You can have Ocon bringing Mercedes ideas. I mean, he's still, Ocon rather is still sitting on the Mercedes pit wall. Yeah. There's a lot of information that will come across with him. Well, Mercedes is still managing him. Yeah. And they'd refuse to let him go. So, Which is good. It's better yep. for Renault that way around. What's he going to learn sitting on a pit wall with Renault? Nothing. R- really? It's yeah, like, okay, absolutely. it's a yellow car. Great. And it's, you know, sitting next to Alan Prost. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Hello. It's like, great, cool, whatever. Like, this is, it's better for Renault for them to get more information. Now, I don't think Ocon's going to give them all of it. I think it's going to be sort of guarded and he'll have something in his contract from Mercedes from a non-disclosure agreement. But there's still a lot of information that I'm sure he'll bring across with him. Anyway, it's it's going to be interesting to, to see when that's confirmed for Nico, where he's going to go and when Gunter actually makes that decision. Um, but let's make a decision about red, white and blue with a Confederate flag and Texas yes, on the car first, Gunter, when you, if you're listening, because of course you are. Everyone listens to this podcast. Uh, best team of the day, Tommy, who is the, the overall best team in Monza for you? Oh, I think you have to give it to Mercedes. I think they did really well with a inferior car on this track. Like it's not set up for them and to come away with double points, double podium. I think they did really well. It's the same as Belgium, right? Yep. Or Spa. Yep. Like they're not set up for this track, but they still just maximize it. Like both drivers did really well. Lewis was awesome. So yeah. Campy, you agree? Yeah, I agree, but I've got to give it to Renault. I yeah. don't want to blow any more smoke up Mercedes backsides. <laughs> Um, again, I think Ferrari really underperformed for the pace that they had on the straight to not get a one-two, both in qualifying and the race staggers me. But it just tells you how strong Mercedes really are. Because again, Merck were in; they could have won it. Yep, but it didn't turn out. I they think the won. difference Merck has they have the one lap pace, but they don't have the race day pace. Like that car couldn't follow. On they these, couldn't overtake. On yeah. this track, though. On this track, exactly. On this track. Ferrari just had had the race day kind of speed and the ability to pull away on their straights 
and like escape DRS well, wasn't almost. It phenomenal to see how fast that Ferrari was in the straight. Even with oh. DRS on a Merck, they were struggling. Yep. It, yep. You had DRS and slipstream. Yep. And it's still seen, when you're on board with Hamilton, it still seemed like Leclerc was pulling away. For sure. Yep. It was phenomenal. And yeah. in saying that, when Mercedes pitted, um, pitted Lewis Hamilton for the first stop, that pressured Ferrari into making a pit stop when they did. And they did it knowing that the predictability of Mercedes understanding where Ferrari's tyre life can actually ultimately end up. Especially in the slipstream too. And the fact that Ferrari put them on hards to get to the end of the race. Ballsy move, I think. It was a ballsy move, but that's just Mercedes putting pressure on for Ferrari to get it right. Because if they had to put put yellows on, he would have streamed away at the start and we wouldn't have seen the battle we've seen. But that just would have allowed Bottas to come through and take the win. So. Again, Mercedes right on top of the game. Yeah, great tactically. Yeah. But at least Ferrari made the right decision about yep. which which ties to put I mean, on. Seb stuffed it up. They didn't really have much choice, did they? They didn't really have any other options. Well, we'll come to Seb, we'll shall come we? To Seb. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the team by team as, as we normally do. Uh, and we'll, we'll finish at the back of the pack, not the DNFs. We'll finish on who came last. And unfortunately, it is Williams again. Uh, Robert Kubica finishing in 17th. Um, which means we had three DNFs, but Williams, George Russell finished in 14th. Yep. The guy actually drove, we, I, I don't actually remember on at all on the broadcast seeing a Williams car. Nope. I think we saw for one second that Kubica was ahead of George and yep. then that quickly righted itself. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that was due to pit stops. <laughs> right in the Kubica's in 13th here. I think there's a GPS stuff up. He never actually passed yeah, him. No, he never passed him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was probably pit stop related, but we just yeah, I think it's too right. hard to follow on TV if you don't have all the tracking and but data analysis. I mean, to be fair to, to George, I mean, look. I think Kimi had Kimi. about 12 pit stops, though, for some reason. <laughs> well, Unlucky can, for him. Yeah. Kimi and Grosjean and then Kubica behind him. But, I mean, if you're Williams and you're looking at that, you go, like, look, I've finished ahead of an Alfa and a house. So you've got two Ferrari-powered vehicles finishing in between, like as a sandwich. You've got a Ferrari sandwich between your Merc cars. We know this Mercedes engine is quick. It's not technically reliable as of last weekend, <laughs> but certainly it's a lot faster. So they're getting their game together. What I want to see next year for Williams is them in the points in three or four races for the year. Like, and I'm talking 10th. I'm not talking like anything huge, but George Russell is the person to put them there. Whoever yep. ends up in that second seat of Williams will, will find out, yep. of course. It still might be Kubica. I doubt it, but it still might be. Yeah, I think, and they're getting there. I think Latifi gets the draw. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. But, but they could go with Hulk, and that'd be good for the team as well. Yeah, it'd be would terrible Hulk for Hulk. Though? No, I don't think Hulk will go back there. But but I mean, he I'd might rather go Williams, with Williams might, and Haas. Yeah, Williams might end up in a better position than Haas. And this is my point because if you look at how much Haas is dropping off, and it is dropping off, yeah, considerably. Yeah, they're strong at the beginning of the race, and then they get, you know, absolutely smashed for the rest of it. If the aero department, the chassis department of Williams can sort their lives out, then they'll do well. I mean, you know, this is not new for Williams. If you think back to, you know, when Valtteri was in a Williams and you, you know, he he didn't have exactly the best car in the world, did he? They're still up there, but but he didn't have the best cars. They had that Mercedes engine, which was at the time so far ahead of everyone else. Right. Which is why they were so competitive. Right. So it's we're still in that space now. We've got one more year in the current regulations. We know the Mercedes engine is good. We know the Ferrari engine is good. 
But where Williams were awesome back in the day was the aero and the chassis. And we've had some issues around that recently. So Yeah, but Newey was designing those cars way back when. So Yeah. But Pastor Martinaldo, who was, you know, oh. <laughs> I miss Pastor on the grid. So but, but you know, he, he was he was in that car and he the fact that he won when he won against a Ferrari with Alonso bloody driving it. Yep. Incredible effort in a Williams. I mean, that's not that long ago, really, when you think about it. So yep. my point is here, I think we've seen them get as low as they can, and that was the beginning of this year. Yeah. And I think they've started the upward turn. So with everything that's being done at the moment, I think the management is sorting itself out. I think the aero is sorting itself out. I think there's some other stuff going on, the design work and everything else. If I was them, I'd be focusing on 2021, to be honest, now that we're getting a better understanding of the new regulations, but they still need to do a good car for next year. They should be, should be on point with Racing Point. That's where they should be aiming to be on par with because another Mercedes engine, another English consortium just doing it basically for, you know, to to get into that mid-pack and and get some good hauler points. They've got some good history in our sport too. And it's not a team we want to lose. No, it's great history in this sport. Yeah, totally. So it's a team we want to keep around and we need them to be better than what they are at the moment. And I think that's, as you're right, it's starting to happen. The fact that, as I keep saying this, you know, when when Ericsson was driving Sauber when Sauber was blue and yellow and they were back at the grid and people kept saying, what the hell's the point? And now you look at Giovinazzi and, and Kimi doing good things in the car. I mean, not great things all the time. And then last weekend, just making the mistake on almost the second last lap putting it into a wall, it's not hard to be there. And if you look at the timings, it's it's not like Williams are slow. Sometimes they're one and a half seconds off the pace. They are That's, slow. No, no, but my, one and a half <laughs> seconds off the pace. But if you look at the beginning of the year, yeah. it was a lot oh, yeah. further. They're improving. So they're improving, which is great. Anyway, so George Russell, I think, doing a great job for them. I look forward to him seeing what he does next year. Robert, uh, obviously, we, we love Robert and what he did back in the early thousands, but... <laughs> You know, it is what it is now, isn't it? Uh, Let's talk about Haas. Grosjean finishing in 16th. And, uh, well, Kevin Magnussen not finishing at all, which is becoming more of a typical thing for them. Uh, Gene Haas would be a bit sad about things, not as probably angry as Gunter, but sad. I think Grosjean's outperforming Magnussen. Yeah. Well, he did this the year before. Remember? End of last season. They've been pretty yo-yo all year between who's better, and it sort of has like a four-race sort of effect. Yep. But, geez... It's it's tough to see them. They're not getting those one-lap qualifying pace like they did earlier no. in the year. The, the car's really falling away. But that's because they've had zero development on it. Yeah, well, they went back to square one and then they go, no, that's not good. We, they're back on the same spec at least. So, yep. it's, yeah, they just seem lost. Troubled. I think, But they don't have a budget like some yeah. of the other teams do. They're running this team on about $150 bucks a year, which is a, a massive investment still, but... Yeah. Compared to the rest of the teams. And they're split over four or five different countries, however it works. Like yeah, it's not Some in America, roof. some in Europe, all over the place. So it's it can't be easy, but, I mean, this is what you signed up for. And it just it sucks to see them slipping from what they were last year, which was kind of getting towards the top end of the better, best of the rest. They'll be better. It's important for America to have... Yeah, I agree. For F1 yeah, to have an American team in F1. Just part of growth... I mean, they're talking about having races in New York, Miami. Yep. yep. I mean, they start doing that. It's going to be pretty 
You know, they need it. They need an American team. I would love laughing. to see them try and do a race in New York. Can you imagine trying to set up a track? All, all the plans. Oh, all the plans. <laughs> there is no way. The plans are there to do it. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, this is a very little awesome. media thing to do, isn't They've it? Been talking about it for three or four years. It'd be incredible. Miami's further down the path than what New York is. Wow! Wow! New York would be. It'd be epic. Wouldn't That's it? like Singapore in terms of like yeah. metropolis kind of. Imagine it. With V tens back in the day, oh. how loud that city! You'd be you'd be able to hear it from oh, everywhere. Let's um, okay, make that happen, please, Liberty. <laughs> Not if, that New York's a good place to visit, but uh, there's, better the place, oh. there's better places in America oh, to go. But it would down. be a sight. Smash my head on the microphone. <laughs> Is it because it doesn't rhyme with Texas? Okay, <laughs> let's quickly move on before you have an opportunity to come back at me, um, Alfa Romeo. Let's let's talk about them. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, we love Kimi. What a bloody great job he did last year. This <laughs> year, not good. Oh, he's hey, calm down. He's been all right no, this year. Not coming, not coming down. He had about three crashes this weekend, though. I don't uh, know what he was doing. In the same spot, going. Yeah. Again, I don't think it was. I don't think it was driver error. It seemed like the him. back end was disist- disconnected. Yeah. Yep. If you look at the two crashes he had this weekend, yep. exactly the same spot. Going yeah. into parabolica, throwing the back end in, throwing the front in as he's got on the accelerator. He's just had it that just back separates end. from the car, and he yep. just yeah, not driver error. Terrible. I think there's an issue with the car setup. But mate, other than these last two races, he's been the best performing driver all year. And we yes, said James, I've got my hand up. Here's a thought. Kimi Raikkonen and Charlotte Claire and Ferrari for 2019. I would love that. Ooh. Do you think he'll go back? I don't think Ferrari will go back I can't to see Rafa them doing either. it. And then I'm just talking about 2019. Like for this year, instead of Kimi dropping Kimi, they dropped Seb. Dropped, inverted commas, and and had like the old driver being Kimi. Because Kimi would be up there oh. just like constantly like bashing Like can't be said all year third. consistent. He'd be third all the way up to the point where whoever was fourth could get third so he didn't have to go to the FIA yeah. awards. <laughs> Because <laughs> the best part of 2018 was him at the FIA awards pointing to Seb like this. And love doing it. The, it was just, I love Kimmy. He's just the best. Well, it's anyway. interesting. If you don't know, Monza is Ferrari's race. It's an Italian race. It's where Ferrari based. But they had their big celebration. I think it's 70 years of Ferrari this year, is it? Is that it right? It was like the 90th Grand Prix and stuff as well. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. They, um, they did a big Ferrari celebration in their city somewhere. And it, the pictures of it are amazing. They had all the past Ferrari drivers. They had a Lacey on there. Mm. Um, who else? Like Kimi was up there. Obviously, Vettel and Leclerc are up there. But Kimi came out on the podium and said, I feel a part of the Tafosi. I'm a part of this story. Yeah, he is. Doesn't matter if I'm driving for another team. Every time I come here, the fans love me. I won a world championship with this team. I'm yep. forever indebted to Italy. Yeah. And the, like he was the most cheered driver out of everyone that was there on the stage. So yeah. that was good to see. Well, so it, Even Alonso got a good reception from the uh, the stands when he kind of waved and stuff. Like once a Ferrari driver, always a Ferrari driver. Do you remember? What's Alonso forget. doing there, by the way? <laughs> There's do nothing remember, to do in India. No. Do you remember when Alonso won in Monza in 2010 as a Ferrari driver? Mm-hmm. That was one of the greatest podiums I think I've ever seen in my life. Alonso just sat there with his hands up, like he had the whole world on his shoulder, and the crowd just cheered him for twenty minutes. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like they are, they are hardcore fans. They're great celebrators. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Gino, Gino, let's talk about Giovinazzi. He finished in ninth. He scored some points again for Alpha. Italian driver did Good. well. 
Yeah, yep, he's whatever. a nothing. He's still a nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. Uh, he's gone at the end of the year for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, racing point. Lance Stroll finishing in 12th and Sergio Perez finishing in 7th. Unlucky for Stroll. He got taken yeah, out. Yeah, that was a shame. Um, he, he was doing really well. I think he probably would have finished a couple of, points, couple of spots higher, but had to kind of claw his way back through. I ragged on him last week. I went at him. You did very hard. I don't know, that's why I said you said a shame just then. And you, I was like, hang on, what's going on? you taking on? that back? Look, I was pretty grumpy last week, but... You okay now? <laughs> I apologise for that. You've but, yeah, he was unlucky this weekend. He Every time I rag on him, the kid seems to get up the next race. He and, listens. Well, okay, off you go. I'm not going to rag on him. Okay, he's going to be he, terrible in Singapore no, now. No, you've done it now. Well done, Cammy. <laughs> Thanks for not being a team player. Yeah, I think he, he qualified well. He got. I noticed cute... you've painted your uh, Ute pink and put BWT down the side <laughs> to try and get. I think this Please. is one of his better qualifyings as well. Yeah, this is the first time he's been out out of Q1 in a long time. Yep. Got into Q3. Got. Yeah, just held up with the rest of them. <laughs> like, like a lot of other teams, I think Racing Point are making a decent progression. Yep. And for next year, it's going to be interesting. But again, I just want to see what these guys do in 2021. With new oh. regs and a, and a cap on budgets and all this sort of other stuff, these teams who are never going to be the top three have an opportunity to finish on the podium. Like, that's what we want, right? We want more yeah. entertainment yeah. and a, a fairer playing field so we don't just keep seeing bloody Mercedes and up there. They've been a nothing team. But in compare, comparison to the rest of the midfield, they're only five points behind Toro yeah. Rosso. Yep. They're ahead of uh, Alfa, Romeo, Alfa Romeo and Haas. Yep. And they're only sort of 15 points off Renault as well. So, I mean, it's still... The, they've, yeah. not, they've not always been a, a nothing team though, have they? You think back to when there was Kingfisher down the side of the car and it was Force India... The car was bloody quick. Yeah, that was solid. Yep. Yeah. So again, there's an opportunity for when again when the rules change for them to to be coming back. Anyway, except the cemented check over another three years. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's yeah, kind of whatever. another kind of uh. that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Toro Rosso. Pierre Gasly finishing in eleventh this time around, and uh, sad for Danny Kvyat just uh, getting out there on lap twenty nine. Toro Rosso. Well, Kvyat was t- he was caught up in that yep. Bastion Vettel issue. Yeah, but that was the whole thing. We haven't spoken about that with Lance, have we? About Seb coming back onto the track. But we might we hold that to we Ferrari. To. We'll talk that talk about that in Ferrari. But uh, yeah, Kvyat. Yeah, what is that? Was a shame, wasn't well, it? Kvyat, I think it was just a bi- an innocent bystander of that whole sequence of events. Kvyat was good this weekend again. Yeah, he was. He qualified really well. When he was taken out of the race, I mean, there was 23 laps left or whatever it was. He was beating both his sister cars and his teammate. So I don't think he would have held off Verstappen or Albon to the end of the race, but his stocks are going up. Like, he's performing really, really well. So yeah. he was he was good. Gasly, he's done. He's he done. <laughs> done. You're right. Even Franz Tost, who is the manager yep. of Toro Rosso, even he was ragging on Gasly in P3 this weekend. He's like, oh, maybe it was qualifying. He's like, Gasly's just not quick enough. He just he needs to, you know, he needs Hurry to come up. out and do something. So he's, Gasly's gone for me at the end of the year. Yeah. Just depends on who they're going to replace him with. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Alex Albon going to Formula E suddenly, going to Toros suddenly in Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Such an interesting environment, so isn't it? The Red Bull family. Uh, let's talk about McLaren. Lando finishing in 10th. Uh, really just having a huge thing to Valentino Rossi this whole weekend oh. with the doctor, little bucket hat that he had on. I don't know if you saw, but he was hanging out with the doctor at a race two weeks ago. Which is um, hero. Yeah. He loves him. Loves him. 
It's um, it's so good. So oh, good. Valentino is a star. He is, How but it's good to see a bit him? of MotoGP getting sort of infiltrating F1 a little bit because I think they they have hand in hand in terms of the two best racing yep. international racing series of the year. Yep. You've got MotoGP and F1 of everyone you know who likes watching F1. Sometimes likes watching GP or the other way around, which is which is great. Anyway, well, Marquez, Mark Marquez, and Danny Pedrosa. Yep. Did a did a stint with Toro Rosso. Yep. Did a test, and that was a great little thing just to see the comparison between the two. Yeah. And Danny Pedrosa. Oh, maybe it was Mark. I Mark can't Marquez remember. did very well. Mark Marquez was on the pace within like three laps, and Love there was it. some even some people in in that in that garage. I thought, geez, this guy is. He is good with an engine and a throttle. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah. well, we you know never know. He maybe he comes into Toro Rosso. He's bloody smashing it. <laughs> but in that's, MotoGP. Good, that's the good thing about Red <laughs> Bull new grand as slam a sponsor to go yeah. win they, a race in each. Yeah, <laughs> ends up replacing Albon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you settle down, mate? Stop being so bloody talented. All right, Toro Rosso. Yeah, uh, it's a shame for Franz. I mean, he was on the pit wall. He's not much of a communicator either. His friends. He's just very. Softly spoken and yeah. very straight to the point. Not like Gunter, who <laughs> gives a bit of flair to his interviews, or Christian Horner, who just yeah. gives absolute honest opinions. He reminds me of myself, France. <laughs> <laughs> a principal of a Formula One team. I'm taking the piss. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. Softly spoken. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I say about you, Thomas J. Camp, is that you are softly spoken. Let's talk about Red Bull. Max Verstappen finishing in eighth and Alex Albon finishing in sixth. It's good for Albon to be ahead, but it wasn't necessarily because of any skill. It was just some unfortunate things with Max at the beginning of the race. But uh, it was a bit of a nothing race for Red Bull this time around, and they kind of knew that it was going to be, wasn't it? Well, wasn't Mac, Max compromised himself on the first lap. Yep. Yeah. So he, his front wing damage, I can't remember yeah. what happened. Yep. Did he get tagged from behind? No, he, he, no, was, he, he was laid back. He, yeah. he went in to stroll. Yeah. He just, yes. uh, just he said good morning to Stroll <laughs> oh, with the front of his car. Got him back yeah. for last week, I suppose. I think pretty, <laughs> pretty smart, though. <laughs> if you're going to take an engine penalty, take it somewhere where your car's not strong. Yeah. No, well, they, they, Red Bulls really would have beaten both both Renaults, in my opinion, if they didn't have their incidents. Because Albon had that incidence, but around the he tried to go around the outside of Signs, I think it was, yep, and yep, yep. ran out of track. And he said that was a cheeky move, but... You know what? Again, this is another reason why he's better than Gasly because he was able to take the, uh, his late break. Yep. Like he is very Daniel Ricciardo in that car and maybe it's just showing that the car is very good at late braking. Yeah. But him alongside Signs in that late break move was phenomenal. But if you have like the balls to do it, which he clearly does, like he's he's just testing this thing out, right? No one really expects him to be up in the top three the second weekend out. I think he drove very well, but it goes back to Hulk driving very well to defend Albon because a lot of the, tr- the if you looked at the timing on the left-hand side of the screen, a lot of the time Albon was, you know, 0.8 or 1.5 seconds behind Hulkenberg. So I was actually surprised to see Hulk got over the line in fifth. I was expecting a fourth and sixth finish for Renault, but just really interesting. Yeah, no, look, I think he's, he's, he's performing. We yeah. still haven't seen really where he's at against Verstappen, so... Come no. to Singapore. That'll be. It will be interesting. No, I'm looking forward to it. That just to see where he's really at because he didn't really qualify against Verstappen in the first two races. He's been in there. Um, he had the engine penalty in Spa, and then Verstappen had time. one this week. So yep. we still haven't really seen where he's. But he's been good. He's made some. He's and done he's, what he had to do. He's still great out of the car. Yeah. He's still oh, got he's such great interviews. Just love how relaxed he is. Yeah. Yeah, but Nothing he's just honest. Him. And he's yep. he's not an egotistical maniac. He's very humble. 
Yep. Like properly humble, yeah. right? not not Lewis humble, not Lewis humble, allegedly. Goldust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, okay. Let's talk about Renault finishing in in fourth and fifth. Our man Danny Rick and Nico. We've we've spoken a lot about it already, but um, you know, twenty two points for the team this weekend is much needed for them. Oh, we haven't seen a Shirley, but geez, oh. it was good to see him up the front, wasn't it? Mm. That set the tone for my week. Yep. Danny Rick's performed. Yep. Yeah, and he performed all weekend. That car pretty was, hard to fault him all weekend. Again, but I said this last week: the Renault car is very similar in the way that the Ferrari set up on these power-sensitive tracks. They were always going to be a star. I don't know how. I don't know what the rest of the year looks like for Renault, but a, these last two races, in my opinion, are going to be the best performing they are going to be for the rest of the year. But I was stoked to see it. it yeah. was, and it was long overdue for Renault. Both drove superbly well. Yep. yep. Yeah, we love it. And just to see Danny a bit, you know, some happiness again for him is really great. Now, let's talk about Mercedes, but I want to talk about Danny Rick and Ferrari when we get to talking about them. So Valtteri Bottas finishing ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Just an interesting weekend for them because they knew they weren't going to be the strongest team out. But I think right in terms, Tommy, when we spoke about earlier, who was the best overall team? Mercedes, absolutely. I mean, Valtteri made some silly mistakes, you know, going into turn one. Was it turn one or two that he just, you know, had a bit of a lock-up? Unsettled the car, too. Yeah. In that wake. Yeah. So it just, it goes to show that the team as a whole is really, really solid. Um, VB obviously feeling a little bit more comfortable now that he knows he's got a, a further year with Merck and doesn't have Ocon breathing down his neck. Hamilton... Doing Ham- it, doing enough to secure his again, secure his win of the championship. Hamilton didn't really care that he blew his tyres out racing Leclerc. No. He doesn't care about two, losing two points no. at no. the moment. Oh, so he did everything he possibly could in that car. Like you saw him, he got as close as anyone was going to get that day, getting past Leclerc. And to, to Leclerc's credit, he didn't make enough mistakes for Lewis to get past. But Lewis did everything he possibly could. Yeah, geez, that, yeah. As I said before, though. That's the difference between Lewis and Valtteri. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Ferrari and then we'll finish there. But Charles Leclerc actually had an opportunity to enjoy himself this weekend with his victory. And I felt really glad for him because last weekend, obviously very masked uh, by losing Antoine and really the whole mood was, you know, not, not great. But this time around in Italy as well, Hello, thank you very much. Good thanks, and now I'm part of the Ferrari family and just absolutely killing it. Yeah, look, it's good. Look, he drove really well. We can't. He had massive pressure from behind him for the majority of that second half, like the second stint of the race. He performed and he won, and Ferrari should have won. We picked. We knew Ferrari were going to win this Mm. weekend. It was just a question of Leclerc or Vettel, and he he performed really well and. Can't fault the kid. He deserves it. And I loved his squeeze on Hamilton. Like, I know it wasn't technically superb, but just defending. Like, he's just like, he's to defend there. He was, he had the inside line. Like, they're about to come up to a corner. Like, there was no point. Mate, it's Ferrari in Monza. Like, it's nothing necessary. (laughs) It's a very Italian move. Yeah, he's. And the kid can also speak fluent Italian, by the way. Can we just point that out? Side note, and he comes up to Martin Brundle and goes, Can I speak Italian? I mean, from Monaco, you have to speak about 100 languages to live there. Yeah, true. In saying that, I don't think Ferrari wins another race this year. No, No, I think you're right. And the fact that it should have been three for him, but it was two for him, Mm. says a lot. But. Which which means Vettel's going to go a year, if we're right, means Vettel's going to go a year and a half without without a a victory. 
So what does that mean? And he's placed exactly the same as Reichen. Yeah. So Bye-bye. Allegedly. Let's talk. <laughs> you don't even need to say that this time around. But let's, let's honestly, though, Seb is, I think, you know, even the question was asked of him, are you, do you still love Formula One? And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's like, well, that wasn't a yes. It's a different driver to what we've seen. Yeah. I'm sad for him. He's I, easily I shaken. I didn't like him against Mark Webber, obviously, because he was against the Australian and yeah. doing things. <laughs> but he has honestly settled down a lot since then. And I think it's sad to see him doing the things that he was doing, you know, which are making mistakes that no one had influence over except for himself. The year that he drove against Danny Rick in that, when it was Danny Rick's first year in Red Bull, Danny Rick got three wins and passed him consistently. That, I remember, I think I played you this pass last week. Danny Rick yes. passed Sebastian Vettel at Monza. Ducked one way, then ducked on the inside, oh. and it was it was a great move. Just look it up on YouTube. I think it was twenty fourteen Monza. Yep. Dan. But this year, this year really reminds me of. It, I can draw a lot of paras, parallels and comparisons between the year that he raced Danny Rick for the first time and Leclerc this year. Hmm. I mean, he raced Mark Webber, and I love Mark Webber. He's a star, but. Vettel was always quicker than him. Yep. Yep. The two years that Vettel's raced against guys that are quicker and more consistent yep. against young guys as well, Vettel's really deteriorated by this point in the season. Yes. And he's feeling the pressure. He keeps continually spinning, which is – he shouldn't be making these mistakes. But, like, it's not only the mistake he made and then the idiot move to then just pull into traffic without looking, like, unsafe release. Like, that's the harshest penalty – that you can give except be for being fair black to Seb, I doubt he could see he anything. See it doesn't matter. He doesn't mean you go. You wait for a marshal. Like but he, he knew he was being followed. This was very close to the start of the race. No, but he There's thought, he had, he, thought he had a gap. But also, what? To, he to, didn't have fifty seconds on people to, behind him. To be like, fair, he knew mate, they were coming. If you're a race car driver, you're putting that thing back on the track. I get it. But look yeah. what happened last week with side impacts. Very yeah. very fresh in our heads. Like true. Very stupid. He put other people at risk. Totally. Totally clumsily, he, totally He's a four-time world champion. He should know better than to just chuck your car back in wherever you bloody feel like well, it. Well, you see. span. That's yeah, on you, mate. The frustration <laughs> of spinning it again in Monza with would pressure on. Younger teammate. I can see why he did it. I don't think it was – I mean, it was clumsy. And he deserved the penalty he got. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So – Anyway, we'll see what happens when Daniel Ricciardo ends up in that seat next year. That's basically what I was going to say because I don't think he's going to stay in Ferrari. Yeah, I, I think, think we've got some Alonso action happening here at the tail end of the career. I, obviously, now the love for Ferrari is definitely with Charles Leclerc. He's you know he's won the two out of the three races really that he should have won. Ferrari might have a chance in Russia. Let's be honest, but you know realistically for the rest of the calendar and certainly not next time around in Singapore, they won't be winning. So, if Danny Rick does go. To Ferrari next year, and Sebastian leaves. So Seb's got to go somewhere else. So I think he goes back to Red Bull. I think you're right. I I really hope that Danny Rick goes to Ferrari next year, and they finally have the car to take it to Mercedes yeah. for the whole year. Wouldn't that be bloody exciting? And wouldn't that be exciting with our boy Danny Rick in he, doing it? He will pants Leclerc. Oh, <laughs> you're he not wrong. He will make Leclerc look amateur. Let's talk about. I don't think Seb. I've never rated Seb. I, look, he's he's got four world championships. I'm not taking it away from him. I don't think he's at the top of his game like a like a Schumacher or a Hamilton. No. I don't think he's that level. He's I really do think Max Verstappen and Danny Rick are those caliber of drivers. Well, so only time will tell, mate. Let's oh. talk about Singapore very quickly. Who do we think are going to be taking this? this? Is a very Red Bull potentially friendly track. 
I think Merck still wins it. Yep. Yep, probably. I think it'll be a Merck followed by Red Bull, followed by Ferrari, and then I think depending on like Renault went really good at Monaco this year, which tells me they'll probably go really well at Singapore. So yep. they'll be the top four teams for me. Great. I think you're absolutely right, mate. Well, it's all to come. Uh, unfortunately, not a double header, so we have to wait two weeks until we get there, which is so sad. But, boys, thanks as always for your time in recapping Monza. And, uh, hey, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, and thank you so much if you have, please don't forget to hop on to whatever platform you're listening on and uh, rate us and review us. But until next time, gents, it's been a pleasure. We will see you in Singapore. I don't need stats. I probably don't even know how to turn on. Well, I mean, computer. it's never stopped you before just saying what you think. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> uh, it was 2011 uh, in Spa. No, it wasn't. No, we've moved on anyway. It doesn't race 37. I'll be real shit in corporate Australia. I'm not going to lie. Shit in regular Australia. I should just in. <laughs> <laughs> Put that at the end of the podcast. Oh, that was good. Yes, I was definitely recording that bitch. You should be regular Australia. <laughs> <laughs>